beloved, you are listening to Grace Life Komi Podcast, a platform commissioned by God to raise men into completeness in Christ Jesus. We believe that you will be blessed beyond measure as you give yourself wholly to this divinely inspired teaching. Through God's servant Pastor Chimdi Ohahuna. Grace to you, Jesus is Lord. Bless God for the privilege to come again and share fellowship in um, Grace to Prosper 2023. 2023 was awesome, and um, yesterday was the first day of 2023. It was a great start. I will trust God for a build up today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yesterday we learned on uh, that um, 3 John 1 verse 2, which happens to be the popular verse of scripture, used to preach on the subject of prosperity over the years. Um, was actually a introductory introduction to the letter John the Beloved was writing to Gaius. Amen to Jesus. And it was um, as it is normal when you are writing a letter, you must introduce and you know um, act, uh, pray the well-being of the person. You know um, various ways of writing. It says like we have, we, I hope this meets you well. Trust you and yours are well. So basically. You must formally ask the well-being of the person. So John the Beloved, as it were, uh, was praying the well-being of uh, um, Gaius. Amen. And so we understood that using this context, we understand that basically in the New Testament, prosperity is the prayer. Amen to Jesus. It's a promise that Jesus made available to us, and then it becomes a prayer that is made available to us. And we decide whether we say amen or not. In the New Testament, God is not forcing anything on us. Are we together? He avails it to us and we make a choice to take or to reject. And so we learned that yesterday and now it's a great start. We understood that this, um, this particular verse of scripture brings prosperity into three dimensions, which are general prosperity, prosperity of the health, and prosperity of the soul. Yesterday we looked at general prosperity and it was awesome. We thank God for all we learned. Amen. So we are going to be looking at the prosperity of the health. Amen to Jesus. Because that was the second aspect of prosperity. And this is a very important aspect of prosperity. Very, very important aspect of prosperity. Praise God forevermore. In fact, over the years, um, this one aspect has been played down in church. And that's the reason why we discovered that the healing meetings are so much. Because, you see, quite a number of Christians, when I mean the healing meetings are so much, we discovered that when we come for church meetings, it's not even the unbelievers that come for the healing meetings. How you get what I'm saying? Yeah. These miracles and these signs are meant to be, you know, um, let me what, show off and market to the unbelievers. How you get what I'm saying? But it's pathetic that it's even the believers that are the ones that are now most keen for the signs and the miracles. Discover that sick believers are not, en- not enjoying prosperity in their health. And so we are always craving for the healing meetings and healing meetings. That's actually meant to be what the unbelievers are meant to be craving for. Amen to Jesus. Amen. Because we've not understood this aspect. Amen to Jesus. And like we said, it's a prayer. It's not by force. You choose to say amen or you choose to close your mouth. Or you choose to say I reject. The choice. Amen to Jesus. Amen. And so it's a very important aspect of prosperity which we have to look into which is um, 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 um what we are looking at today. Now, John the Beloved prayed for the health of Gaius to prosper, even as 
or in proportional to the prosperity of his soul. Amen to Jesus. Now, so it, it with from um some studies I was doing, it, it likely um was that Gaius was a very, very, you know, robust person in his soul, spiritually. I get what I'm saying. He had a good Christian work, he had a good Christian life. But it's most likely that he had a a, a failing health or um, he had one or two health challenge. Are, are we together? Um, it's some, somebody that he was an old, was aging, so health was beginning to fail. I get what I'm saying. And so John prayed this prayer for him that your health will we prosper in proportional to your what your soul because his soul was highly prosperous for example his soul was at 100 percent prosperity functionality and he held was at 40 percent that's so paul saw john, sorry john prays that your soul is at 100 percent let your body also what be 100 percent so let your 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 health be proportional towards to your soul and it's very, very important. Are we together? Very important and it's very, very helpful. Because if the, 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 the soul is more so prosperous and the health is not prosperous, it limits the soul. If the soul is not prosperous and the health is very prosperous, it limits the body. Are you getting what I'm saying? So both of them work together for them to be able to achieve maximum what uh, results. Now, the point Greek renders it like this, to be in good health. So, John was praying for girls to be in what? Good health. Not just health, but what? Good health. Very, very important. Very, very expedient. Amen to Jesus. We understand in the previous study that God wants us to prosper. We understood that from the Old Testament. And it is evident in the acceptance of God for this prayer of John for girls. I get what I'm saying. Now, God wants to prosper. And this is shown in the fact that God accepted the prayer that what? John prayed for girls. If God didn't accept it, it would have not been written and even as an introduction in the Bible. You get what I'm saying? It would not be written as a salutation, even though it was a salutation. If God did not accept this salutation, if God did not accept this introduction, it wouldn't have been written. So anything that was written is because it was accepted by the Lord. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, so it means that God desire, God accepts for the prosperity of our health. Are you getting what I'm saying? God wants our health to prosper. Now, how do you serve a God who wants your soul to prosper but doesn't want your health to prosper? It's not correlational. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, God desires us to be in good health. Not just to be in health, but to be in what? Good health. Health, good health. Are we together? Good health. Good God wants us to be good health. He wants our health to be good condition. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now this is because grace, which is directly imparted on the spirit and soul of the saints, and health, which is the physical reflection of the grace of God on the spirit and soul, are two rich companions. Now. The grace of God, we see it is direct impact on the spirit and the soul. I cannot say. And the body, which has to do with physical health, is what relates it to the physical. So, grace and the, 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 the good health are two relationships, um, 
two relations that cannot that is separate. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, the extent to which we know the grace of God and what we is the extent to which your body can reveal it. Are you getting what I'm saying? The extent to which your body can reveal it. The extent to which you know the, the supply of grace is the extent to which your body can reveal it. If your body cannot reveal the supply of grace, then we will not know the we will not know whether you have been you have received grace or not. Are we together? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Grace will improve health. And health, we employ grace and reveal grace. You see, grace will do what? Improve health. And health will do what? Employ grace and what? Reveal grace. So they are inseparable. They go together. You cannot separate them from each other. And that's the reason why we need to be conscious of what? Good health. Are we together? We need to be conscious of what? Of good health. Knowing fully well that this is a provision that God has made available for us. This is God's desire for us. A prayer in the New Testament. A desire from the Old Testament. Are you getting what I'm saying? And it becomes a reality when we accept or what? Reject. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah, Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. And so it's very important we understand this. When your spirit and your soul are so robust, but your health is wanting, it doesn't help the manifestation of the grace of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? So God, God wants us to reveal His glory. Are you getting me? And the way it can be revealed is by our bodies being in proportion, um, correct proportion to our what, our souls and our what, spirits. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah, Hallelujah to Jesus. Yeah. All right. The word prosperity, when here today, is understood as material. We've said that right from when we began this study. That when you just get prosperity, they all think of material. Wealth. And those who are even fighting prosperity preachers, are you going to say? Um, I would say both parties are, are working in a level of understanding that it's not complete. Now, those who monetize prosperity, who, who just dig, dig, want to say prosperity, they say it's money. And those who are fighting them, that they are calling, but that they are preaching, about, both of them are, are working in the level of, are you getting what I'm saying? Of lack of information. Because prosperity is far more than wealth. In fact, in this verse of scripture, that's uh, in, 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 in the context, you know, of this verse of scripture which we are looking at. And it has also always been used to preach prosperity over the years. We see that it is the physical health and body condition of girls that John was free with prosper. I get what I'm saying. It's not his pocket, it was it's not his finances. I get what I'm saying. It was his physical health and body condition that John was praying towards to prosper. John's prayer is that Gaius' physical health will reflect his obvious spiritual strength and Christian maturity. I get what I'm saying. So you are strong spiritually. You are mature spiritually. Your health, let it reflect it. Because it's when your health reflects it that you can actually draw more souls to glory. I get what I'm saying. You can actually reveal Christ more. If our health is not a good condition, there's a limit to which we can reveal Christ. Are you get what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so it's a very important prayer. Very, very important prayer. You know, um, some of the times we don't understand how important good health is to our spiritual life. Until we see that 
we are limited with our health to do some things you are meant to do. Are you get what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Now, when the physical health reveals the spiritual strength of the saints, it makes preaching the gospel easy. Are we together? Very, very important. Very important. You see, the gospel needs a lot of time, energy, and strength. Are you get what I'm saying? It needs both, it needs physical health, it needs physical energy, it needs time. Are we together? Alright, so for you to preach the gospel with ease, your health has to be in good condition. Are you get what I'm saying? It has to be in good condition. Good condition. Yeah, we know people who use their ailing health as a way to preach the gospel. We agree. It's also the are you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But if you want to reach out to some places, you need good health. I get what I'm saying. We need good health. You know, we need good health. And it's very important for us. Amen. We need good health because preaching the gospel requires strength, energy, and movement. Are we together? It requires movement too. It requires movement. Are we together? Remember when I used to do um, um, door-to-door one-on-one evangelism? Man, you need, you need help to do that. Or else you will faint on the road. Are we together? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, Jesus moved from one place to the other, doing good, the good work of God. And we must do the same. Jesus was not starting. He needed good help to do his work. Are you getting what I'm saying? Acts 10, verse 30 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. If he didn't have good health, he would have not be able to go out. I get what I'm saying. So good health was very akin to his successful ministry. Bible speaking that for them to get to the place where the widow of Nain was, they walked about two months, four months, sorry, four months, just to get to where the widow was so died. If he had an ailing health, if he had a failing health, how would he be able to do that work? Even with an ailing health, the doctor said maybe he will get tired of the doctor. Jesus, throughout his three year and half year ministry, he worked more. During triumphant entry, that he used the used, uh, donkey. But the other, all the three half years, he was working. He was, are you getting what I'm saying? He was working. And it's not that I could not use the donkey. Are you getting what I'm saying? But Jesus had to employ the working strength because he used that working time to teach his disciples. That was the time he had. They were busy people. Are you getting what I'm saying? So if we are going to work for four months, that should be like how many hours? Are you, you getting what I'm saying? That means if it's less than five hours, I mean he has five hours with them. And remember that outside he's working with them, the moment he comes to the midst of people, what happened? He did not have him again. The crowd takes over. People begin to come with their problems, their sicknesses, their disease. He has to be healing. He has to be. Then when he when he's able to pay to the five thousand, they don't have him again. I get him. So he used this working moment for discipleship. That's the reason why you see people that want to be disciples, they must know how to work with the person discipling them. When I was, um, you know. At the beginning phase of culinary ministry, I used to work with the people that I'm disciple. Take them out of evangelism, work with them. 
and then talk, teach them. Coming back from church, work with them, teach them. You see, that working moment is one of the best moments you can ever have in discipleship. Because after the work, there's no time again. There's no time. Once you get back home, you are telling to all the personal home duties you have to do. You are telling to all the things you have to do. Once Jesus finishes working with them, as he gets to the place of the place of his destination, where he has to start working, the father's work takes him. No time to disciple again. No time to talk with them one over again. Are you getting what I'm saying? Then they arrive in the evening, maybe they can talk and end of that. So he needed that working moment to do his discipleship effectively. Which meant he needed help, good help. To do his discipleship work effectively. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, number one, it was a double emphasis for him. He used the working moment to disciple his disciples. Then he also used the working moment to be able to move from destination to destination, from one location to one, another location to be able to work, carry out the good work of the Father. So you can't use it an alien help to do that. Your help has to be involved in good condition for you to be able to what? do that. So, we have to take an example from Jesus. Are we together? We never heard that Jesus was sick. You get it? We never heard that he, he took a vacation because he was having some nervous breakdown or what else again? Or, or burnout or what else again? Or stress. Jesus was never stressed. He was never angry of this. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yet he worked. It works. It makes us understand that there is a divine perspective towards prosperity in our health. And God desires that we enjoy it. Two things determine the strength of health. And what are they? They are food and environment. You see, it is in our times that so much of medications have evolved. In the earlier times, the kind of food they eat made them have no much need for medications. Is that not so? Yes. Because their foods were natural. Very natural. And nature, the body was wired to receive nature. Are you getting me? Not to receive artificial. Once the body begins to once the body begins to receive so much of artificial, it begins to react. Because it's a natural body wired to respond and relate with nature. Giving it something outside of nature makes it react. That's why we're having so many sicknesses and diseases today because our bodies were moved from what? The natural flow of natural intake to what? Artificial intake. And it's affecting us. The GMOs and all the likes are making good health become difficult to get. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right. So we have food and environment. Second is environment too. Environmental factors affect our health. They affect our health. In the environment to bring about bad health. Is that not so? In the environment bring about what? Good health. So as God created man and put him in an environment. And then the next thing we told him what? Of every tree of the garden that made it. So he knew what was important for man's health, which was what? Environment and food. He planted a garden in the east of Eden and he put the man that he created in the garden, environment. And then he told him of every tree in the midst of, of every tree in the garden that down, down made it food. I get what I'm saying. 
When God created Adam and put Adam in the Garden of Eden, there was nothing about medicine there. God never spoke medicine. He only spoke what? He only gave man environment and gave man what? Food. That makes us understand that from the beginning, what is meant to keep us in good health is what? Environment and food. And environment, aside the pathogens, the germs, the bacteria that would come about from environment, pollution is affecting our good health. Is that not so? Environmental pollution, global warming, and also so, um, um, societal environment. When people around you begin to behave in very funny manners, it can affect your health back. You can get depressed and then different kinds of sickness will come. Unforgiveness, bitterness breeds what? Things like cancers and ulcers. Are you getting what I'm saying? And they all come from environment. Unforgiveness doesn't come from the sky. It comes from what? The environment. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Alright, so we're looking at two things that are important for good health. And they are what? Food and environment. In Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 3 to 21, God gave laws on what the Jews were to eat and what they were not to eat. Especially as, as, as they have to do with what? Animals. Now, we need to understand something that um, from the beginning, God's um, original intent for man was for man to eat vegetables. The Bible says, God told them, He said, God told them and said, of every green and every tree, you shall have for what? Meat. So the meat of the ori- of the of, of man before the fall was what? Vegetables. Why? Because plant-based meals, plant-based meals always have a very natural effect on our body. And it helps us stay in good health. Plant-based meals. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that's why the devil is sabotaging plant-based meals. And we discover that to even get tomato nice problem, to get onion, it's not easy. Plant-based, very, very good, very healthy. Vegetables, if you can. Now, if you say you want to stay on the vegetable diet, you know what it's going to be like. You spend more than if you want to stay on the on normal meat diet and everything. And you can see that if you go to the market, you can see meat of all classes and all kinds. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, the purpose of this is for man not to be in good health. Praise God. So our meat basically is meant to be vegetables. But you see, after the fall of Adam, God knew that man will not be able to um, man know want to stick to the vegetable plant. And so when the children of Israel began to eat any and everything, God said, before they eat what we put in there, let me give them the Lord to help guide them. Because they were eating. Are you getting what I'm saying? They were eating. And so God said, let me let me guide them. So the Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 3 to 21, how many verses God used? About 19 to 20 verses God used those verses to tell them animals to not eat. Animals to eat. He was not jobless doing that. He knew that man had fallen from the original plan, which was plant-based, into what? Animal-based. And so, that fall, we also fall his health terribly. So what then does that do? Just to preserve man. Moses said, a man's days is, uh, is um, seventy. But for strength, can lead to what? 
120. Now, even to lead to the 70 nowadays, it's not easy. 120. Oh, Lord, help us. For God, for, in, for God's point of view, God's sake, to prevent, to even enable these people to live to the 70, let me be able to work on their diet so that they will not eat things that will kill them early. Are we together? Praise God forevermore. You know, I was watching a documentary once. Is it a documentary or whatever? And there was this fish that they caught from the river. It has this big swollen front like that. It's kind of I, I, I can't describe it totality. And he said the fish is poisonous. It's a poisonous fish. And so it takes professional chefs to prepare it. They have to cut it rightly and remove the poison inside to prepare. Why all the hassles? No, why all must you eat it? I don't know that when I even saw it, it like it was colorful, seven like who even with this kind of thing, sir? Human beings and our problem. So there are no other fishes to eat. Is that poisonous one? I must eat. I not go and get professionalism just to eat something. And those are the things, part of things that God told you not to eat. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because what's the use going to the houses of learning the professionalism of removing the poison from the fish? When you can just eat some things that will help your life. God forbid that you now have a bad shape. Who say, my boss did me wrong. So, this, this hotel will suffer for it. But this kitchen will suffer. And it will now prepare the fish with the poison. What to be the book of the people that come and eat? People are there. And you know something? A while ago, um, in a um, where they ate food, food, food. And how many people died? Including the owner of the restaurant died. Her daughter died. It was in Accra now. Died. Food poisoning. Died. And that's mother food died. Why others were hospitalized? You know what I'm talking about here. Yeah? You get what I'm saying? And so that's why God really had to bring me, draw their ear. Are we together? This was a ceremonial food law which dictated the food that should be eaten, uh, which will make one clean, and the food that should not be eaten because it makes one unclean. So God had to make it in a ceremonial way of cleanness and what? Uncleanness. Now, so if you eat a clean food, it becomes clean. Eat an unclean food, become what? Unclean. So that poisonous fish, imagine to me. You know only the unclean, that's it. <laughs> Are you know what I'm saying? Now, so God had to, this was the best way he could help them understand this thing. How will I explain to them that there are things that you eat that they will not help your health? This, if you eat it, your, your, your cholesterol level will increase. Do they understand cholesterol? If you eat it, you may be able to have, you may have um, some side effects. We don't understand side effects. So the best way to explain is say, if you eat this one, you'll be unclean. Hey, we don't want to be unclean. God say fine. That's the best way I can make you understand. So don't be unclean. If you eat this one, it will help your your um, your, your your help you burn fat. It will help you with rough edges. It will help you. Uh, how will God be explaining rough edges? 
can fight with them then. So the person, if you hate it, you'll be privy. Oh, we want to be privy. Get close. Just make it easy for them. Are you getting what I'm saying? In a generation that want to complicate things. Are you getting me? Want to complicate things. But God made it easy for them. So it was, they were ceremonial laws. But the other part was that these things were not making them as it were clean spiritually. Are you getting what I'm saying? It was actually making their bodies and their health clean. Are you getting me? And remember that the Old Testament was a very physical testament. So God was spiritual. God who is the spirit had to relate things in a physical way for them. And that's the best way they could understand. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. In Matthew 15 verse 11, Jesus said, It is not what goes into a man's mouth that defiles me. So in other words, food can neither make one clean or unclean. Are we together? Food can neither make one what? Clean or unclean. Food just has to do with health. <laughs> Are you getting me? Alright, if you look at it in Matthew 15 verse 11, it says, Not that which went into the mouth defiled a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defiled a man. So now, God told the children of Israel that what goes into their mouth defiles them or purifies them. And now Jesus comes and says, it's not what goes into your mouth cannot defile or purify you. It's what comes out of your mouth. Now, in making them understand that, see, then God used what goes into your mouth as a base of defilement and purification to just help you stay clean in your health. But now that you are coming to a point of understanding, you are the, the Old Testament was very physical. The New Testament is very, very spiritual. Your defilement and your purification is not from your eating. It's not what goes into your mouth. It's actually what's coming out of your mouth. And why did it work from the mouth? The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what speaks. So it's the abundance of your spirit man that brings out from your what mouth. It's the abundance of your soul that brings that comes out from your mouth. Now, so if your mouth is producing filthy things, it means that your soul is unclean. If your mouth is producing unclean things, it's saying unclean things, it means that your spirit is unclean. You know, it's amazing how you hear Christians use some kind of vulgar words and you wonder how they are able to do it. Are you getting me? You actually wonder how they are able to use to do it. How are you able to do it? Because it, you have to ask yourself how they are able to do it. It just shows the level of the cleanness of your soul. Because if your soul is clean, your mouth cannot say some things. They can't say some things. They will be impossible to come out from your mouth. Are we together? Praise God forevermore. Now this makes us understand that God gave the food laws primarily for health reasons. Are we together? So God attached good health to ceremonial cleanliness. He attached what? Good health to what? Ceremonial cleanliness. So, from, he had to use his, from a spiritual point of view to explain their physical operations, which was actually totally physical. So good health is attached to what? Ceremonial cleanliness. Are we together? This shows the value that God placed on eating right to stay healthy. Are you getting what I'm saying? Some of the time we say, but I don't have money to eat right. No, with what God has provided for you, you can actually eat right. Are you getting it? It all depends on you. Some people, for the way they want to eat right, they have to. I, I was looking, I was listening to someone and they said, 
It's not the size of the meat you eat that matters. It is the protein that matters. So if you eat big meat and I eat small meat, we go to the protein. But don't forget something as you are eating big meat, you are putting yourself in big protein. Are you getting what I'm saying? And as we begin to age, self, it's advisable that you even eat more plant vegetable plant-based meals. Are you getting what I'm saying? More plant-based meals than um, more of the meat-based meals. Are you getting me? Alright. Although we are no longer under the law, but under grace, who is Jesus? God still wants us to eat right and eat what? Healthy. He wants us to eat right and eat what? Healthy. In view of this, we must eat things that are pure. That is to say, things that are healthy for us, not offensive for our health, and not offensive for the health of others. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, when I look at the way some um, some people, some some nationalities eat all manner of things. The things you use there eat, they are offensive. To your eyes, offensive. When I saw that poisonous fish, it decided to was offensive. Then the second is that a poisonous fish is doubly offensive to me. I get what I'm saying. And is you also that is offensive to you? I, I mean, I don't understand. I get what I'm saying. I don't understand. So we have to put these things into cognizance. God wants us to eat healthy. He wants us to eat right. Are we together? So that we can be able to use this body to reveal his place well. But if we eat anyhow, you know, the Bible says in Romans 14, verse 10, it says, for, for meat destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with what offense. All things are now pure, but you must make sure you don't eat with offense. What does that mean? You must not eat anything that will offend your body. And also offend the conscience of another. Are you getting what I'm saying? But it begins with your body first. You have to know what is offensive to your body. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are getting to 50. And you are, you are still pumping yourself with, with five alive, six dead. And you are pumping yourself with uh, different kinds of alcohol. What are you doing to your liver? Are you getting what I'm saying? And they'll tell you, when you ask money, they'll tell you something must kill a man. Why must it be that thing that will kill you? If something must kill a man, why must it be this thing that will kill you? And you are packing red meat left, right, and center. I say I'm enjoying. No, you are not enjoying. You are offending your health. Are you getting what I'm saying? And the Bible says our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Yes, that scripture was used in the context of um, um, immorality and everything like that. But we must also understand that it has a wide range. If the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, it means that it has to be kept at the temple. That means we must not eat things that are offensive to the body. Don't take in things that will offend it. Don't destroy the body that belongs to the Holy Spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? The reason why God wants somebody to be healthy is because it's his property. It's not ours. Are you getting me? Aside the fact that we have to use it to reveal his grace, but we must remember that it belongs to him. It's not our property. And we take it as our property, that's where the problem lies. Are we together? And you know what's amazing source more is that some people that are getting to an age, are going to an age where they're not supposed to be eating something, they'll say, ah, when I was young, I did eat, I did enjoy life. Now that money has come, how could you enjoy the life? 
In this life, what makes sacrifice is, is that not so? If you didn't enjoy the life when you were young, and now it's not the money has come and you are 60, my brother, that's the sacrifice you have to make. All you do is you sacrifice so that your children will enjoy it's as simple as that. Not you now saying, ah, it's not time for me to eat all the things I know it. Are you deceiving yourself, sir? Are you know what I'm saying? Especially for children of God, we must be conscious of this. Because our health, our feeding, our feeding is very important to what? Our revealing Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's just like a child of God eating things that we know that are offensive to people. Just an example. A child of God going to cannibalism. Are you getting me? It's offensive and it's offensive. And it should not be taken. Praise God, Raven Lord. And as, when we begin to see that there are things we take and our body begins to react, we are offending ourselves and offending others. Are you getting it? So we have to watch this. So food intake and then environment. In the Old Testament, whenever God wanted to visit the camp of Israel, he commanded them to clean up the environment. We see this in Deuteronomy 23, verse 9 to 23. Told them, clean up. I'm coming to visit. Clean up. Clean up. Clean up. After all, it's gone. Why would he need that to clean up? Is he going to stay there? I hear what I'm saying. Is he going to stay there? I'm saying the Lord does not stay in temples made of made the hands of men. So if he's not going to stay in the temple made the hands of men, is he not the one who wants to come and stay? But he always made them clean up. Clean up. Clean up. Why? First, to make them understand that he's the Holy God and holy, holiness entails cleanliness. So it's a clean God. And they cannot be simple and be unclean. And, and dirty. Are you getting what I'm saying? The physical and moral cleanliness of the environment was a ceremonial law given by God to the Israelites. But far more than that was God's intent to keep them physically and morally clean so they can be healthy. Physical and moral cleanliness leads to healthiness. When your house is all messed up, all dirty, I'll get everywhere, um, but different infections, your health cannot be safe. And also, when you are morally dirty, you discover that it also affects your health. I was watching one like that about a particular um, man who, in fact, the guy, he never brushed his teeth throughout his time they knew him. And he started, his teeth started falling off. He said he used to use green tea to wash his teeth and throw it. And doctors told him, do that. He told them, he gave them a, he always has a reason for everything he does. And at the end of the day, his teeth started from falling off. Then he never used the sanitary toilet. He will dig a hole and he will pull inside the hole and provide it. The guy had many men and then he was eating Eating, eating pork, eating a lot pork, a lot eating food. He he ate and ate and ate and ate. So his health was just a total mess. Are you getting me? His health was a total mess. But he he, he had he also had moral. He was dirty moral. He was dirty moral. It was that serious that he used to have relationship with young girls, very young girls, and it had so many relationships with them, so many, you know, immoral relationships with them, that it got to a point, he started having infection, 
And the doctor told him, okay, please, you should treat the infection. And he said, no, it's not going to treat it. And he believed that having uh, this relationship with these young girls it was to prolong his life. He was morally dirty. Physically dirty, morally dirty. So his life was just totally... And his life also it affected his lifespan. Are you getting what I'm saying? So God wants us as a children to what? Keep our environment what? Clean. And to keep our moral environment also what? Clean. Watch what goes on in your house, in your environment. Not every movie should come on television. Not every song should come on television, on the radio. Are you getting what I'm saying? Keep a morally clean environment. Keep a physically clean environment. Yes, in this time, believe me, it's not easy to clean the environment because those days, of course, are very easy to have helpers. Are you get what I'm saying? Somebody comes from the village, you train her in school, she's a helper. Now, they even train your husband and tell you it's noise. Let them know to train that person's child in school. Even those, those days, they used to send them to government schools. But it's not easy to feed your own mouth. Now, it's not easy to let them know feeding a little man. Then, now, there's nobody who send his child to come and help you. Now, you have to pay for helpers. So, having people to help you clean your environment is, is challenging. But we still have to keep our environment what clean. Because why? It affects our health. And that is the base on which we can reveal the glory of God. The desire of God to see us healthy is evident in his will to restore health to us when we lose it and to heal us when we are sick. Now, if God does not want us to be healthy, he will not seek to restore our health when we lose it. If he doesn't want us to be healthy, he will not... De- he will not seek to heal us when we are sick. Now, some people who are against divine health, they should just know one simple logic. If God does not want us to live in divine health, there will be no provision for healing. If God wants us to not live in health, there will be no provision for restoration of health. If a provision is made for restoration of health and for healing, that means sickness is not God's agenda for us. Health is agenda. So the moment to walk out of the agenda, there is a provision to take us back to the agenda. Are you getting what I'm saying? Jeremiah 30 verse 17 says, So I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they call thee an altar, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. God's plan of restoration of health is because he doesn't want us to lose the health from the beginning. So when we lose it at all, there's a plan to do what he has in place to what to restore it. And then Exodus 15, verse 26 says, And said, If thou would really hearken to the voice of the Lord our God, and we do that which is right in his sight, and we give ear to his command and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians from the Lord that he led thee. God was not the one who brought the diseases on the Egyptians. I get what I'm saying. God removed his covering from them. Are you getting it? Now, even in the human body, when immunity fails, what happens? Diseases come up. There are actually many diseases in our body. Are you getting it? But what is preventing them from, from um, right, affecting us is our immune system. Once the immune system starts getting me, what happens is that sickness is beginning to come up. Acquired immune deficiency syndrome AIDS. What does it do? It just this is 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 it's a virus that destroys the immune system. And as it destroys the immune system, you see that things like boils can can kill someone. But just boil can kill someone. 
So, what God God is, is, see, God has put an immunity over every one of us. We have immunities, whether unbeliever or believer. Whether believer or unbeliever. The Bible said, the rain falls on the just and the just. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, that's the same way we as human beings, we all have immunities. That's why even the unbeliever and the believer, our immune system are in place. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, God has put immunity over the whole of humanity. That's the reason why some animals cannot just creep into our house and kill us. Are you getting what I'm saying? Without the immunity, we we'll just see invasion. I you get what I'm saying? We we'll see invasion. What happened in Egypt was God removed his immunity from Egypt. And invasion happened. Locust invasion. Flies invasion. Frog invasion. Lives invasion. Why? Because he removed his immunity. That immunity is what prevents the invasion of other creatures upon humanity. You think that they are not there? You think they are not looking around? You think they don't want to come around? Now, question: The fairy serpent in the wilderness that killed the children of Israel, that beat them, and many of and some of them died. Where did the serpents come from? They were in the wilderness. Are you getting what I'm saying? They were called fairy serpents because when they bite, their venom enters into the body and begins to produce extreme heat, like the person is born in like fire, and then the person dies after that. Why? They were heat-oriented snakes. And they were in the wilderness there. Are you getting me? But because of the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, they, they could not come close to the children of Israel. The presence of God was their immunity. So once God lifted up that His presence from them, what happened? The immunity was lifted up. And the serpents, they began to attack. Let me tell you something. There are different creatures around waiting for God to remove the minute. What is that what they did to Egypt? As they remove the minute, come and see. They never believe that fly can be plenty like that. Don't eat the thread, they don't believe. They never believe that frog was in their country like that. They used to hear the frog croak, but they didn't know that they were that much. Never believe that low cost. Would evade them like that. Why? Because the ministry of God that keeps these creatures in their boundaries. Are you getting what I'm saying? He's called Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. That means the God who uses his hosts to fight. And with the host of God, is not um it's not machine guns, and it is nature. Are you getting me? When he wants to use nature to fight, what does he do? He just removes his immunity from that person or from that environment. What happens? Nature will just happen. You see bees to show from nowhere. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that was what God did. Remove the immunity and this thing began to come. And he says he will not put any of this one disease upon us. He didn't put the disease, are you getting what I'm saying? He removed his immunity and it just came down. He says, rightly stated, he says, actually saying, I will not remove my immunity from you. So this disease will not come upon you. Are you getting what I'm saying? He says what? For I am the Lord that he led Now, so paraventure, we went to attract Jesus. He still heals us. I get what I'm saying. He doesn't remove his immunity for us, from us as a children. But if we go and attract diseases from an environment, what happens? He heals us. Why? Because from the beginning, his desire was never for us to lose him. Are we together? Now, above all, God has given us His word 
as medicine to keep us always healthy and heal us when we are sick. Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 22 says, My son, attend to my word, incline thy ears unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and help to all their flesh. The word of God is life to us, and help to us to our flesh. So the more of God's word we take in, the more of his life we take in, and the more of health we bring into our flesh. Are you know what I'm saying? Psalm 107 verse 20 says, He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their what? Destruction. So you see, God's provision for divine healing is because of his intention of divine health. So when we get out of God's intention of divine health, he, we, he, he activates what? Divine healing. And more often than not, we think we need to go for a program before we get divine healing. No. If we just understand this, this provision, when we get out of divine health, we don't activate divine healing. We can activate it by ourselves. I get what I'm saying. Now, so the prosperity of our bodies is very important to God. Prosperity of our health is very important to God. Why? Because God needs it for us to be able to reveal His grace to humanity. And we also have to partner with God to ensure that we keep ourselves in good health. I get what I'm saying. Eat right. Keep the right environment. It, it's amazing sometimes when I see some Christians, they can live in some kind of environment. Physically, it's not good for their health. Morally, it's not good for their health. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, if you are living in an environment of such kind, you can pray and ask the Lord to, to give you a good environment. And because He wants you to live in the right environment, are you getting what I'm saying? He will make a way for you. He will make a way for you, I'm telling you. God will not want to live in an environment that will hamper your health. And hamper your morality. Are we together? If you are not having food, good food to eat, food that can keep you healthy, ask the Lord. Are you know what I'm saying? He will make a way for good food to come your way. And if you are somebody who is getting income and you don't know how to buy good food, it's time to start what? Asking the Lord and reading up to be able to get the right food. Stop buying jokes. Say, but, but pastor, there's no time. Create time! Nobody has time. Nobody has time. Even the fast food joint they are going to eat, they don't have time. That's why they are called fast food. They don't have time. So if they don't have time and you don't have time, then you kill your body for nothing. Create time. Eat right. Don't eat junk. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't eat junk. Eat right. Don't eat out. The Lord will help you. Are you getting what I'm saying? The Lord will help you. Amen. So prosperity, therefore, is living in and enjoying God's divine health and receiving divine healing when we are sick. That's what prosperity of the world, of the health means. Living in God's divine health and receiving divine healing when we are sick. So, you have to live in the health. But paraventure, there is sickness. Activate what? The program of divine healing. This is God's desire for us. And we should not live less than this. Neither should we live what? Outside this. 
Let's open our mouth and begin to bless the Lord. Now is your moment of salvation. If you are yet to make the Lord Jesus Christ, your Lord and personal Savior. We request that you say this prayer along with many others now. Say this words. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, I repent of my sins, and ask that you forgive my sins. I believe that you shed your blood on the cross, died for my sins, and rose again in the third day. Today, I invite you into my life today. Wash me by your blood, make me your own, until eternity be my Lord and personal Savior. Thank you Lord Jesus. In Jesus' precious name. For your love gift of any amount to Grace Life Kami Podcast, kindly use any of our giving channels available, to give in dollars. You can send to Universal Merchant Bank Ghana. Account number, 033-154-551-2013. Swift code, M, B, G, H, G, H, A, C, to give in CDs. Universal Merchant Bank Ghana. You can send to account number, 033-254-551-2017. To give in Naira, you can send to Ecobank Nigeria, account number 554-102-0592. Also, for further enquiries, you can call us on plus 233-54594-7132. OR, send us an email via ministry at gmail.com today. Remain ever blessed. We believe you were blessed listening to this teaching from God's Word. May your soul remain ever refreshed and revived. We would love to hear your praise report today. Beloved, remain connected to Grace Life Comey Podcast. Jesus is Lord.